Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, is your nerdy tutor, George, and here with me today, Full Yarn Mom? Full Yarn Mom? Hey, you or know, Alchemist, it's, maybe, I guess. It, 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 full, full, <laughs> uh, how would we do that? Full, yeah, Full Yarn Mom or Full... Full, full Yarn Alchemist full, or The Yarn yeah. Alchemist, I guess. Yeah, maybe the yarn, I could be The Yarn Alchemist. We could go with The Yarn Alchemist. So um, we are continuing our conversation and, and semi-experiment here on Full Metal Alchemist and kind of seeing the difference between what is the um, original source material, which is the original ma- ma- manga uh, by Haru- Hirumi or Harumi uh, Arakawa, and then its original 2003 incarnation of its anime, its eventual 2009 incarnation of anime, and the 2017 movie. Um, so, yeah. What a... Oh, oh, okay, this, this, let, let us start here. Oh, no, no, we're not starting with the movie. We're not starting with the movie. Oh, no, 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 no. Movie, movie, right. movie, movie I've got opinions on. Yeah, you didn't even... Okay. Anyway. Okay, so the the manga, um, I watched while riding the stationary bike. I read while watching, the, uh, while riding the stationary bike and was able to... And, and actually, the way you had it on the little hard drive worked really well because I was able just to slide through the mm-hmm. pictures, which meant I was having tried to read backwards. So you might want to explain how traditionally manga sits in a in a book. Ah, uh, okay, yes. Yeah. So, um, so oddly enough, traditional Japanese reading in Amer- in obviously American English and Western English, it, words were read from left to right. So a sentence structure would start from the left to the right. This is typically how you also read comic books as well. So it usually starts in the top left hand corner, and you progress either to the right or down, and typically you always go to the right first and then go down from there. Um, and so the idea being being is that when you read an American comic, you start from the top right and you eventually find your way down to the bottom left most panel. Um, well, well, Japanese write in, uh, don't necessarily write backwards, but they write down. And so a lot of their, a lot of their writing structure goes down. It's actually. columnar. It's column. It's based like on a column. Now, yeah. in a lot of cases, they will write horizontally like we do in English, but their comics, though, start from the uh, or excuse me, start from the top right hand corner and end at the bottom left hand corner. So it's one of those things where you kind of have to train yourself to do it initially, but once it happens, uh, or excuse me, once it does happen, like it's just automatic. Like it's one of those things where like you just Im- immediately understand it. Okay, so I sit on the stationary bike for an hour a day. Well, until I get 20 miles, which is usually like 64, 65 minutes. And um, it took me three days to get through, which was which I thought wasn't bad. So, I mean, so how much did you read? Um, I read um, three, of, three of the file folders full. Okay, so you got about 60-some-odd uh, chapters, I want to say. Yeah. Well, wow, so you got a lot further in it. Yeah. So, um, which helped because if I hadn't done that, I would not have. Um, I think the anime would have been harder to, to watch. I think the anime. I, I think the anime wouldn't necessarily have been harder to watch, but it feels a lot more rewarding. I think having oh. read the manga and then being able to understand. Oh, this is what's going on, and oh, this is what it looks like animated in a lot of cases. Which yeah. is a lot of the benefit, which is a lot of the uh, fun in having read something for a long time and then you know watching it and thinking. Ah, so that's how this fight played out, or that's how this scene looked. Yeah. So I got I got past Hugh's death. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I found myself every morning having to retrain myself the manner in which you read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think by day three, I was, oh, okay, right, right. Be, um, so it is a little, for, for, for me, a little, um, it takes a, a bit of an adjustment. It takes me maybe two or three pages to get into the mindset into the mindset where it's just natural to read it however once you've got a couple pages in your mind just kind of adjusts mm-hmm. to to reading it that way so just a note for those who are trying to do this for the first time just be aware it's read in the other direction and it tends to be more columnar and up and down yes yeah, so a lot than, of times the, yeah so there's a very popular manga format called uh, what they call a four comma um, so, or uh, for coma, which is a K O M A, which is, um, not, a very not comma, not, not comma, but coma, but it's, so it's a very popular, uh, style of Japanese, uh, comic format because it's basically a four, so it usually takes up like half of half to page sort of thing. Right. And it basically is a very short four panel joke, not unsimilar to like a peanuts or a Garfield sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so they outline like pretty, pretty much an entire joke on there. It's a huge form, popular format because you can kind of put it in the margins of magazines and other stuff that comes out. A um, lot of the short jokes are done that way. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of the and a lot of manga, a lot of the <laughs> and, manga, and we'll explain what that means. Yeah. So, um, but no, yeah, I was actually that's awesome that you got that you got that far in because that's a. Uh, I, I put some time into this. No, no, I was very excited. I'm trying to remember how far because it's been a while since I've read the manga. I reread about twenty some odd chapters here yesterday. Um, to remind myself, so um. okay. So, so, so my my um, observations of the manga. This is actually a storyline that carries well in black and white, and mm-hmm. and um, and it, the manga is is to me stylistically more pleasing than the anime because it it strikes me as more um, steampunk. Yeah. It's it's a very steampunky sort of thing at the end of the day. It's more so in the, to me it was more so in the manga than it was in in either of the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I and I found that I found that I, I I thought the way it was drawn was really imaginative. Oh yeah, it's one of those things. Um, especially when you get to the very early chapters and especially you get to later on, um, it gains a lot more kind of maturity sort of a look to it. But it, it keeps having this. Very beautiful, very steampunky sort of um, environment and world. At the end of the day, it's just kind of cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I mean, it 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 just is is kind of cool. And some of the things that they're able to do with Al, um, and the way he's drawn in the in the manga, I I found really because yeah. So the, so it typically what they'll do is that like his face, the helmet itself doesn't change at all throughout the entire thing. But depending on the kind of the way it's angled, sometimes will convey emotion, and then. For some of the sillier so stuff, like they'll they'll do it as a chibi portion. Yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of chibi in this, and there's a fair amount of chibi in the in the anime as well. Mm-hmm. Especially in the in the more in the newer one. In the newer one, yes, the, yeah. the, not so much. Much the in the older one, one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and do you want to explain what chibi is? So chibi is this, um, a super deformed look. Now, um, in some cases, it can be highly detailed. It's typically not all the time. It's usually a face could be just a circle with two X's for the eyes mm-hmm. and an and and an O for the mouth. And sometimes just like a little element of the hair. Yeah. So in Ed's case, a lot of times it's just his little 
um, bangs that kind of come out, um, yep. and then his ponytail on there, um, and then that's just his chibi face for a lot of times. It's, a, it's usually meant to be a comical sort of way to say, yeah. say like, this is meant to be a joke, and we're having a little bit of fun here right now. It, it, I found it was used most to express lighthearted anger. Yes. So yeah. ang- anger that was, again, the short jokes, mm-hmm. um, frequently result in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. it's got a yeah. problem with that. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's it's used at certain times to sort of break tension. Yes, very much. Um, and and that was true in the in the uh, the newer of the two animes as well, the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah. It's um, the chibi sort of comical sort of elements are there, are really are meant to break up what is a very somewhat like dark dark story. But I mean, like, it, but what I like about the story is that it's really kind of like it's it's very ringing. Of, it's very it rings very true at the end of the day, and it feels. And, and while it's not, and I don't, and, and while I don't think it ever was intentionally meant to be. Um, analogous? And no, no. I think it really was meant to be analogous to some things. I don't think it was necessarily analogous to certain um, actual events or anything. But I do think that it was meant to be. You know, I, I mean, very obviously. So um, the Lior incident that we have that happens to be the very first chapters um, is really kind of really all about you know the corruption and manipulative power of religion at a certain point. Which There's become, some very anti-religious things in there. Oh, well, and, this, and, throughout and, the entire thing, yeah. And I teach Sunday school, um, you know. So, so some of it I found. Um, I wonder what people's take on that was. Um, uh, so there are there are some. Yes. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't go directly after Christianity or any. They don't. A, a, they any don't. Any religion. All. They don't Everything. define. What, they don't define actually what religion that is. They don't define it as Buddhist or anything. It's Lido. Yeah, there's Leto, and then there's um, the Ishvalan religion as well, yeah. and then obviously there's like the slavish devotion to father as well. Yeah. Um, and so there's elements here and there of it, but there's never um, they never, never outright said they never outright said, and I think that's actually um, intentional to not upset anybody and to make the analog analogistic sort of uh, viewpoint here, because again, like it's very easy to say that the um, uh, the people from Amestra are you know are the white guys at the end of the day. And then yeah. you have people from Jing that come in, which are very much the Chinese Eastern influence. And then you obviously have um, the Ishvalans, which are very much, um, an, you know, representations of what could be, um, you know, Native Americans or even Middle Eastern, Middle Easterners, Mexican people. Very much feels like a mistress is a colonial America. Okay, so I felt like the Ishvalans, Ishvalans were um, immigrants. Yes, very well. Well, so initially, in while they're in a mistress, yes, but I mean, like, in their own land, in their yeah. own land, their own, their own, their own, their own thing. At the end of the day, okay. So, um, enjoyed the manga the most, mm-hmm. which surprised me because it's actually more work. It's a lot more work, but it feels. Um, I think it feels a lot more rewarding because you stop when you feel that you're done. Versus, like, the anime was like, you stop when we say you're done, and this is how much you're getting at this particular point. So you could often feel... I, th- I thought, though, I thought the... the um, and we've talked about this before. Um, I think this is true of a lot of um, anime, is that it doesn't necessarily have to complete the package in order to terminate that particular episode. 
No, and a lot. So, and there's so, a lot of cases where it, it very much does. I think the 2000, it, the 2009 version is better of resolving certain arcs quicker in some cases versus um, the 2003 version. And I, and I can explain that a little bit more when we get to that. Okay. Well, but I, mean, I think my 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 overall observation would be um, not a soap opera, but like a soap opera in that the thread is constantly running, and it doesn't have to come to a conclusion or leave you on a cliffhanger or any of those things in order to complete the episode. So I didn't necessarily feel, I felt like, okay, I've watched four episodes that, and they're, they're what, 25 minutes a piece or something like that. About 20 to 25 minutes. If you, about 20 minutes, if you exclude the um, openings in them. Well, and Netflix very nicely does that for you. Oh, they, yeah. they flash through it. Um, they give you a little bit of the opening, but it's not a full opening and they don't give you hardly any of the credits. No, yeah, you works, can, you works can, well for me. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> especially if it's one of those things where like you're watching it, if you're binge watching it, especially in that particular case, like that intro, almost all intros and outros are about a minute and thirty seconds each. So it's like it's cool, like the first one or two times you see it, but after a certain point, you're just like, you don't need it. No, 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 no. It, it, then it just becomes a barrier. It's just like, okay, all right, I'm gonna go get something to eat real quickly, and then I'll come back. Or it's like, okay. I need to just keep going. Skip the intro. I, but I, I never felt I never felt like I necessarily a had to complete an episode. Although I think I did complete them all. Um, I don't think I resumed in the middle of any episodes. I, I did in the movie. I had to take a break. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But um, but I do feel like it it flows nicely. I didn't feel. Um, I felt like it was easy to stop and start. Oh yeah, no. Again, I, I, that's and that's what I really like about manga is that it's very easy to be able to kind of like just pick it up and go until you want to stop, yeah. or until they or until you you're reading it online and they say, "Yeah, you got to wait a month. You got to wait, you know, a month for the next chapter." Yeah. So again, if you can imagine, like when you finish one chapter and you move into the next, um, that. You're waiting, you know, in some cases a full month before that chapter comes out next if you're reading it when it came out. so. But I didn't feel like it would leave you anxious. No, no, no. Arakawa did a very good job of not, like... Yeah. Arakawa did a very good job of trying not to have a lot of cliffhangers at the end of her episodes and so... Um, and Or the end of her chapters and always made it feel as though like, okay, I know what I'm getting into when I come back and I'll be... and I'm, I'll just have, pick up the storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I appreciated that about it. Oh, absolutely. But right. it is tense. Oh, it's very tense. I mean, did you have any questions with going throughout the thing here? Um, it took me a while to figure out what a chimera is. That's not. I think that's. I think that's. That's not a common a, phrase that you would hear a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I'm assuming that it's probably something that's a, a recurring theme in Japan, that probably doesn't need explanation. But for American audiences, it took me a while to figure out what a chimera was. So a chimera, a chimera is kind of actually something from middle from actually from european folklore and so this a chimera is supposed to be um the head of an eagle but the body of like a lion in this in the it's a tail of a snake in some cases oh wow so those come around and so those um come around every so frequently in some some flags in some cases um or sometimes it's the um body of a um uh this also might be known as like you might think of it kind of like a griffin as well, where you've kind of got like, you know, the body of like a unicorn, but like the head of what be it might be like a hawk or an eagle. Um, certainly, in, in World of Warcraft, we see well, though we don't call them uh, um, chimeras. Chimeras. We we call them just griffins at the end of the day. Like it's a, 
it's literally like the body of a um, body of like a lion with wings on it, you know, in a lot of cases. So, I mean, like I fly around in those practically every day. Okay, so you gave me a new explanation because I'm thinking it's an ant, it's, it's bringing, it's somehow animating. To, it's it's kind of like, in the case of Chimera, it's kind of like joining two souls together and to make a new thing at the end of the day. Okay. And often cases like, um, and, and again, especially when it comes to alchemy, this is this is one of those things that was kind of in alchemy. I'm really, you know, a lot of the cases here, a lot of the stuff that, um, that Arakawa did for the research for this, like Van Hohenheim, like, is, you know, is, is mentioned as a former... Um, alchemist in some textbooks in some cases as a teacher or as a um instructor so, so it's a reference to somebody who's who's yeah yeah genuine. so, it's, yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a reference to something i think to like, a real person into like a 13th or 14th century books in some cases um but i love the idea of the chimera in this case in the in the japanese version is really just saying oh yeah we merge you know we merge two animals together to make a new animal that's very beastly and angry and in later versions um you're mixing two humans into you're mixing a human into a animal um one with a very dire consequence and another yeah. one in which um they actually it's it actually almost feels to their benefit in some cases because the late in later episodes the guy there's some characters that can appear 100 genuinely human and then they kind of like power up into like these animalistic sort of forms. So one of them's a lion, one of them's a, an okay. ape. So let me tell you where I, I went with that. To me, I made the analogy to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. That's where I went with it. Um, because when, because they, as you put it, put it, they power up. Mm-hmm. They so, power up and, the, and the, again, they look very normal and very kind of generic after a certain point, but then they like hulk up and they're just like suddenly like, Oh my goodness! The old man with glasses turned into a lion, and the, his partner turned into an ape. And there's another one that's a boar, and another one that's a frog, or some sort of toad, or some sort like. Yeah. yeah. So they no, really power up. Yeah. So 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 that's where I went with that mentally was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And you're not wrong. I mean, like, a, a henshin or changing is a big thing in a lot of um, of a lot of shows. In some cases, I mean, like. Uh, I could point you to any number of Japanese shows that made, um, I, I think the one that probably made it the most popular would have probably been um, Common Rider, which came out. So keep in mind that when uh, the original kind of Super Sentai series came out back in the 70s, um, which is a lot to do, again, thanks to Spider-Man. Okay. I'll buy that. <laughs> well, so so um, Marvel licensed Spider-Man to the Japanese to come up with, um, so they could come up with new shows based off that. And the idea was to eventually take what the Japanese had done and transfer it over to the West to give new material for uh, Spider-Man. Um, the Japanese Spider-Man drives a car, um, is Japanese, not Peter Parker, but Japanese. Okay. Um, also is a agent of hell. Oh, is, oh, is, is, oh, 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 hold it here. Okay, Spider-Man is like the most, I mean, I know, Aunt I, May, and, and I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's like so pure. So. Petey Parker. So, yeah, so like the Japanese version of Spider-Man ditches almost 99% of all of Spider-Man legacy and oh. lore and everything. And so the only thing that's really like, 
the only thing that's really the same as Spider-Man from the American version to the Japanese version is kind of the costume and powers. He's the um, satanic Spider-Man. He's an agent of hell, but he's doing the job. But he's doing the good guy job. Yeah, he's is also where he, he's also he came. Like his powers come from a spaceship as well. From oh, from he wasn't alien. bitten by a no. By wasn't a, bit, wasn't bitten by a radioactive spider. spider he actually yeah. met like an alien who took the human form and gifted him with a spider bracelet, which is where his entire costume comes out of and changes into, and all of his web shooting stuff comes out of his bracelet. Again, it's weird because, again, he also has a a giant robot for when the enemies get giant, which is where the Super Sentai series got that from. Okay, so so our whole thing here with the Super Sentai series is Is that that changing is a big deal. So uh, Henshin, Morphing, Morphing, Morphing as we know it here in the the West, um, a big deal that comes up fairly frequently throughout throughout the entire series. Um, and I think it probably got, um, in, in anime culture, definitely um, became the basis for a lot of uh, Sailor Moon. Literally would spend 30, probably spend every episode about a minute to a minute and a half of just transforming the, the into the Sailor oh, Scouts. But, oh, but it's so pretty. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The one thing I will, again, I will, one thing I will remind everybody about that is, though, is that in the West, they have kind of a seizure-inducing sort of background on all the skin that kind of is meant to hide all the skin and transformation. In the Japanese version, they're completely naked. Oh, really? Yeah. So when they're transforming, like, and they're moving around, all the ribbons and everything that are going all over their body, like, that's literally going all over their body to, to, onto their skin initially. Um, It obviously very much omits bits. Yeah. Um... Bits and bobs in there, but they're again my understanding. And, and again, I haven't. It's very hard to find the original Japanese footage for Sailor Moon because of nudity rules on on Japanese meat on um, YouTube, as an example here. Um, but again, they're supposed to be naked when they're going through that. Okay, so so just just as an overall comment, and 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 first of all you in japan walking around you very rarely see women dressed seductively attractively but not seductively very attractively in a lot of cases no there's not there's no cleavage hanging out there's no cleavage not a lot of collarbones they can they dress very conservatively but pretty but yeah but but very very attractively but but um it ain't nothing to go into a public bath something that that would be i mean i've seen women be prudes in showers here at the shower at the Y. They're all covering up with towels as they're going into the actual shower stall, which is silly. But um, it, whereas in Japan, you're you're sitting out there. So I'm showing oh, a there picture it of is. Sailor she's, Moon where... Yeah, she's naked. Cool. Um, <laughs> so Not necessarily cool, but like, but no, oh, but, well. but, but, it, but, you know, like I, when I went into a public bath um, the first time, um grabbed a towel as I came in and was was covering myself up with I took off my clothes and then was sort of draping the towel over me to walk out to the bath and I was going to lay the towel on one of the stones and the attendant took it from me and sort of mimed to me that that wasn't how you just like you just walk around naked and and I was fine with that once I got used to it I was like walked in front of a dozen women watching Mount Fuji sunrise in a naked bath and by them was like, this is how it's done. Um, 
so there's a very different concept of nudity and and, uh, and awareness of body. Not a lot of body shaming, I think, in Japan, with the exception of tattoos. But often the reason for but but the logic for tattoos, and I think, is obviously is because um, usually it would only be uh, yakuza and gang members that really kind of heavily tattoo themselves. You know, like that's. Um, so like there's there's uh, there's a logic in that aspect there necessarily, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a different it's a different awareness. It's a different awareness, and I think it's very much a. Um, Does it doesn't really enter into this manga though, because we don't we no, don't see any nudity. Um, you do see some nudity. Oh, with with lust. Um, not necessarily with a little bit with lust, but you also see a little bit with um, Al's original body though too. Oh, you do, yeah. Because he is. Um, Okay, so there's an interesting question that I had for you here, is that what did you think of the um, scenes here with the Gates of Truth? Okay, so... Because I found that to be a very interesting sort of aspect at the end of the day that was very... that could be taken very spiritually and very... um, in, in a very different... in an interesting way. So, so, and I would tell you, it's the it's the one distinction between all three of the visual forms, mm-hmm. between the the two anime and the um, the movie, is the way the gates of truth are handled. Yes, um, and that's that's the one thing that really separates them to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to the storyline, they basically risk their risk their souls essentially in order to try to um, bring back their mother. Yes. And um, and in doing so, they um, bear their souls, and, and Al's soul is bonded to the metal suit mm-hmm. by, by Ed giving up his arm. Yes. And, and there's, a, there's a trade there that he very quickly does. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when, when that happens, my interpretation was when that happens – he sees in that bargain things he isn't supposed to see. And he's like 12 when that happens and, and else 10. No, no, no. So um, so when they do the original transmutation of their mother, they're about seven, eight years old. Okay. Maybe, they are young. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I want to say about, I want to say about seven, eight years old. And so they don't realize that they're actually using their souls they're, they're still certain, they're still innocent but they, but they innocent. do discover it when they're in the process when well while they're in the process here they, they um uh, you see it initially from ed's point of view in which ed arrives at this door, door. yeah and there's this weird figure that kind of looks like him is a silhouette but not really him and he gets pulled into his gate of truth, truth which right. which is interesting because that is an old picture um, that's found in alchemy books based off of certain based off of how they think certain things work. You see that um, actual literal the 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 image that's on his gate, the same as with L, who has a different version. Right. Um, both of those actually reappear or have actually been in um, the Japanese anime um, Evangelion before, so I recognize them right away. So they're. they're Semi-biblical, but it's also alchemic sort of thing. And and here's what I'll tell you, is the first time I saw it, what my mind went to was, I was at a very remote ruin still being restored in um, northern Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a site that, that um, is, is so newly discovered and being restored that there are no hotels. In order to go visit it, you have to, because it's quite a ways away from anything, um, you have to do a homestay. 
and you you literally stay in in somebody's house and yeah. it's and uh it's a um very poor village so you're literally sharing open floors with them um but in there is a um a depiction of a, a buddha with 36 arms and the first thing i thought of when i saw the gate of truth with all the little arms that are kind of coming out of it the little black little things well not even just the black little things the door itself mm -hmm. was that 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 figure with 36 arms i'll show it to you oh yeah um and so when ed gets brought into in there he's like he's literally in the process of being deconstructed and it's just things are just going right into his head and when he comes back out he's like ah that's what that is it's basically the matrix downloading knowledge into your brain yeah um but then the price for doing that, though, to getting all that particular knowledge here was Al's body and, and soul and also what in his left leg. So when yeah. he comes and then when they come back out of the door of truth here, um, they are um, Ed with all of his. Well, Ed bargains. Ed, well, not necessarily, not, not initially, Ed, Ed, not initially about that. He, he's asking like, you know, as, as you as a seven or eight year old would like. Let me back in. I want to see all the stuff. There's like, no, you paid. You, you got as much as what you paid. Yeah. What What did I pay? And then he finds out that's when he lost his leg. Like, yeah. Um, and then he goes back. And this, one more, this is back to the equivalency. In the equivalent exchange, yeah, yeah, which comes up very frequently. Frequently, here, yeah. yeah. And, and and again, we'll and we'll talk about that when we get to the anime here because it becomes an annoyance at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but uh, when we get to the, he goes back a second time and he literally, you know, makes a bargain for his arm. To get back Al's soul into... He's what, all I've got. He's all I've got and everything. And so... And then there's eventually... Um, so that's kind of an interesting sort of aspect there. And then, again, obviously, the entity that's in there quotes himself as being, I am the world. I am the universe. I am you. And I am everybody. I am God. And, and I've had many names, essentially. Yeah. Um, which, again, I find very interesting kind of an aspect because it's like... It's not homogeneously religious at the end of the day, but it certainly feels as if, like... It's the There's, universal God. Yeah. It's it, the universal it truth. feels very, uh, not atheist rather, but um, agnostic. That there is something else out there, but nobody really understands what it is. It opens up the possibility, which I, which I thought was interesting, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that in us all is, is the possibility of being God. Yeah. Which is very, it's a very Buddhist. A aspect, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed when he returned there, because he returns there in dreams. Um, well, so he doesn't necessarily return there in dreams. He he goes back. There's at least one other time in which he goes back there, um, in which he is um, eaten by. He's accidentally eaten by gluttony, and so gluttony and or so so Ed, Ling and um, what should we call it? Envy are stuck inside gluttony. Now gluttony, when he was made by father, was meant to be a pseudo gate of truth. Yeah. And because he was meant to be a gate of truth here, like, he has kind of the abilities of the gate of truth, but not really. So anything that gets he sucked... He totally lacks insight. Oh, yeah, I know. So, like, the, the, it's it's the it's like the TARDIS here. Like, the inside is bigger than the outside. Yeah. Um, and in order for Ed to escape out of Ed, Ling, and Envy to be able to escape out of there, what they end up doing is they end up using... Um, Envy's uh, Philosopher's Stone that's in their body, in his body to open up the gate of truth and kind of travel through it here. So he's literally 
when he uses it here to travel through it, he travels through it and he gets back into this void world initially. Um, and that's where he sees Al's body, yeah. Okay, so the void world, I, I, um, that's, okay. So that's why I was confusing with being back in... In the dream. In the dream, yeah. Yeah, so this, uh, so like, and he sees Al's body there and he's like, and Al's like, sorry, I can't come with you. You know, and he's yeah. like, you know, I'm sorry, like, I want to, but I can't come with, with you. you. And Al eventually, I think, does it too at one point, um, much, much later on in the series, um, is slowly getting back to his body with his soul, um, but it's not immediate sort of thing. But uh, but that's much, much later on. When but Al never like, grows up. Al doesn't... Uh, well, no, the body actually is kind of growing, but it's very kind of um, uh, sickly and anemic for the most part. Like, it's very... like there's It no, almost looks feminine. No meat on the bones is the best yeah. way it would... Re- yeah. Re- you know, because, yeah. I mean... And this is also true if you see um, later on in the series, um, you know, stuff happens, and, and I won't, I won't say anymore that there's anyway, spoilers on there. So there are spoilers on there. There's and a lot of spoilers. Would, yeah, because I was going to say something, and then and then went, oh no, you can't say that because that no. will ruin it for somebody who hasn't no. experienced it. And again, and I don't like, want to. Yeah, and so um, so the one thing I did want to also ask you about is what did you think of Hugh's death? Because this is the moment, because so when this originally aired back in uh, 2003, Hughes' death and his funeral was the moment in which I cried for anime. And I was, the first time I ever cried in an anime, I was, because it was just, because it's, it's pretty devastating. Well, and, and so what ends up and, happening. And, and you don't, and I didn't understand right away. Why it was happening? Who had committed the murder. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, so it was Envy that committed the murder. Right, but I hadn't originally understood that. Okay, yeah, because Envy's ability to shapeshift is not well yeah. uh, portrayed in the manga, I think, immediately. Because, again, like it's kind of hard to show shapeshifting, I think, without yeah. something else. They do a much better job of it in the animes, um, I think. It's actually the one place in which I thought the movie did did well. I would tell you that... The movie the, did it well, too, yeah. Yeah, I would tell you that the movie did, did that extremely well. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was the the one we can talk about the movie later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the um, 2003 anime now. Um, so what I'll do, what I've done here on the, for the podcast notes here is I've outlined kind of the first kind of twelve some odd chapters, so the first three volumes of the manga here essentially, uh-huh. um, which outlines a lot of the first episode, outlines a lot of the first kind of eight to ten episodes of both series here. Um, so in the so for the two thousand three anime you got up to about episode four or five, I wanna say maybe. Yeah, so and and I really enjoyed it and I and I liked that it um uh I thought made good use of the the uh the relationship with um the grandmother and Rinray. Rinri and uh, Rinri? Grandma, Grandma Panako. Right, and a good explanation of how they build um, the relationship and how they build up the um, arm and all the, the arm automail. And the leg, automail and and how that was that was functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked uh, I liked the portrayal of the the um, army officers in because he he is. Um, Ed is a a state alchemist, mm-hmm. which which means that a lot of this centers around figures that are in the military. Yeah, 
um, a lot of the storyline. And I thought that the portrayal of the military in that particular version of the anime was um, seemed more fitting, more natural. Yeah, I think I think um, less forced. A lot what less... that relationship might be. Yeah. If you likened the relationship to somebody who might have been working on the atomic bomb in the 40s. Yeah, I think, and there's a lot of state alchemists in the series which are very much just researching arms. Right. And then there's a lot of other alchemists that are very much like, no, I'm pretty much a weapon, but like I command an army when I do it. I yeah. yeah so I, 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 accept, don't get... I accept my role, and you see the and and you see the different. Um, you know, I, I, I sat there thinking, thinking back to, to uh, Oppenheimer. So, um, because in some ways this this is is analogous to maybe the creation of the nuclear bomb, mm-hmm. um, in that you have alchemists who can create these weapons that um, and have already created weapons that, that can do quite a bit of damage. Damage, and, and this is the whole reason for Scar. We, and yeah, Scar basically exists because of state alchemists being sent into a region to do stuff, and um, essentially Scar being, you know, Scar. I think with all rational, with all rational thought here, would be justified in his murders, and he certainly feels that he's justified in his. Yeah, own I like mind. the depiction of Scar better in um, the more recent in Brotherhood. Yes, we all do. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, in the in the 2003 version, like you get kind of an early sense of him, but like um, it's later. He's not after, fleshed out. And, he's, and not, you don't he's, get... he's not as well fleshed out. He's very young in that particular aspect. Versus when you, because uh, so when the 2003 anime came out, the first two episodes follow the Lior incident almost beat for beat. It's almost a perfect representation of. It. And then they deviate kind of from there. And then they deviate from there. So um, the flashback scenes of how. Ed and Al did their thing at the end of the day. Kind of takes apart over several chapters. Usually, a, a, it's about like the four first four or five. Well, they, they kind of hint at it throughout, like the first yeah. kind of eleven, twelve, some odd chapters yeah. when rereading it. Yes. Um, but in the in two thousand three anime, they basically just do the entire thing right then and there. So um, they they go through the entire backstory there of how. That's they, actually my favorite. Okay, so of the three visual. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite depiction of that because you actually do you get where Win, Winry comes from. You get where Winry comes from. You also kind of get a little more time with uh, uh, Trisha Elric as well. So yes. You get to kind of it, so you kind of feel a lot more when like it happens, like it's what um, the loss really is. What the loss really feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was one of the benefits of the 2003 anime was um, is that again keep in mind that when the 2003 anime came out when uh, was coming out the when the production had started on it the fall of 2002, the manga only had about 12 chapters that came out for it already. And the story was nowhere near being completed either. Like, Arakawa made a very big point of saying, like, I'm not, this is, I mean, I, you know, this is expected to go for a while. Um, and so... And, and there I liken it to Game of Thrones. Yes, very much Game of Thrones. Um, and so, um, and this is actually a very good example of what, what, kind of happened with Game of Thrones too is that um, they reused a lot of the elements from the manga as often as possible but then after a certain point it deviates and the deviation point is pretty much right after um, the Hughes and uh, Rockbell town incident here yep so after that point it starts deviating quite a bit from those from that point um, but by that point in the anime it's also 
episode 25 and 26 of 50 episodes. Yeah. So what normally took about 10, 12 chapters worth of material, which basically covers from the very beginning of the story until the, what I would say is like the fifth laboratory incident, mm-hmm. is covered in the anime for, is covered in the 2003 um, anime here, um, takes about 12, 13 chapters to get through versus in the 2009 anime, a lot of that stuff is actually just covered in about six to seven chapters, six to seven episodes. So there's a lot which, of... Which I would, yeah. So so I found myself having more affection for Al and Ed. Because we got this, because it felt like you were spending a little lot more time with them. And you knew who they were. And you had this sense of, uh, you had compassion for what their loss was. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, the one thing logically as a mom, I kept thinking is why aren't they living in some, are they're, they're, they're living by themselves. Mm -hmm. They're living by themselves, but I mean like, uh, they're getting fed by, by grandma. They're they're getting fed by grandma and Rinrin just kind of around the corner. Yeah. So it is. So I felt, I felt like, um. Because the way it was laid out, um, I felt I felt like the earlier series was um, was more affectionate. I think again, and I think that's also because you um, they were trying not to run out of the manga material that they had already um, created at the end of the day, and they were trying not to um, get too far ahead. Because again, keep in mind is that um, when Colonel Hughes dies at the end of the day, we're pretty much into um i think like ep- chapter like 15 or so i want to say give or take somewhere right yeah. around there yeah um which um well it's still a big part of the story at the end of the day i mean like comes like about halfway through the anime and then from there it goes again the 2003 anime goes a lot different so where in the 2009 version that stuff goes really quickly at the end of the day though yeah um, but there's a, but there's a reason for that at the same time is that, and this is one of those reasons why when anybody said, when I recommend Full Metal Alchemist, I always tell people watch the 2003 version first, then watch the 2009 version. Because you've, you've developed the relationship. You understand who they are. That too, um, is that a lot of the cases, like you get to experience the characters, enjoy the characters a lot more as you get to understand the relationship, how Ed really cares for his brother and Al, you know. At the end of the day, all Al really wants to do is get Ed's body back to normal shape. Yeah. Versus Ed, who all he wants to do is bring his body, brother's body back in general. Right. Uh, so, okay. So, um, advantages of the so advantages of the anime over the 2003 series. I liked that it was steampunk. I liked the style. Um, you got. I think you got a lot more sense of the style in the animes than you do yeah. in the manga. That is very much a. This is a steampunk world. There, there is electricity and there is stuff going on. Um, what I like about it is that in the world setting, it's that Ed and Al were bo- Ed was born in like eighteen ninety nine. So like this is like reminiscent of like nineteen nineteen ten kind of esque technology. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, we're like, oh, there's automobiles, but they're very kind of steampunky looking. Um, and there's electricity, but like it's not a common thing. Like a lot of people just use it for lights and 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 you and, and you don't really see vehicles in in the in the anime. No, very not very commonly. You know, not very like common. it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, you might see like the jeep or something every yeah. so often, but there's a lot more trains and stuff like that. Yeah, you see, you do see trains. So so that's I mean, so I liked that, but um, I think in the anime, 
I really got a sense of how childlike and what a child Al was because Al was voiced by a, by a child throughout the entire thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it really brought home the idea that even though Egg grows older, mm-hmm. Al doesn't. No. Nope. Al always retains and sees everything. And it, so, so you have the, you have the irony. It's, it, it highlighted the irony that is that Ed is older, shorter, not threatening looking at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's the firecracker at the end of the day. Well, so so, and and you just oppose that against Al, who is in a suit of armor, is a walking, talking suit of armor, um, which in itself is imposing and intimidating. Especially the design of the armor, too. Like and he's literally got spikes on. He's shoulders. got a horn. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a horn, like like a, a unicorn horn. Yeah. Um, so he looks intimidating. He's huge. And he's the one who's who's the innocent, forever child, mm-hmm. and it isn't a Peter Pan type child either. There's nothing malicious in him. He's a very pure soul. He's he's not, a nice guy. He's not sarcastic or sardonic, both of which Ed is. Oh, Ed, yeah, Ed is like full teenager versus Al, which is kind of like the. It almost feels as though Al is the older brother, while Ed is the younger brother. He has so so Al has wisdom beyond his years in terms of how he sees the world, but at the same time he sees the world in a very naive childlike way. He sees certain truths that children will always see well, that that adults lose. Well, I think what's also interesting from his vantage point as well is that we have to remember that Al's only working with uh, a couple senses at the end of the day. He's only working with sight and sound. Oh, there's so, a scene in which he says he can't feel the rain. Can't feel the rain. He can't feel warmth. He and can't feel, and you just you just want to cry because you, you just want to reach out and hug him. Yeah, because he's sitting there. It's raining, and and he he says, "I you know what I would give just to feel that on my face, to feel mm-hmm. the rain on my face," and um, and you really feel for what it must be to be trapped, infused. It isn't like his body is inside the suit of armor. His body is this. Is the suit of Literal armor. Suit of armor. And you get cases where people are literally hiding inside of him in several cases. cases yeah. Uh, He's hollow. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, and I think it does a great job in the 2003 anime as well as that. We see that Ed sleeps, but Al basically stays awake all night long. Because he's a suit of armor. Because he's a suit of armor and he doesn't need to sleep. And he doesn't... He, probably doesn't remember what the concept doesn't even so he's aware he's also aware of when when ed goes into that sort of it's not really a nightmare what would you call that in his dreams ed goes to to um the void more or less to argue and kind of and and see and sees sees um the world and the truth or everyone typically calls it the truth okay So so the entity is being the truth yeah, well, that's a pretty scary thing. I know, yeah. It's kind of a, and, and it's interesting the way it's depicted because it's kind of a fuzzy particulate thing at the end thing. of the day. And yeah. then when he gets both um, Al, when he gets both Edward's arm and leg here, it's literally like becomes a part of, of it at the end of the day because it is him at the end of the day. Okay, yeah. Um, which is certainly very interesting because. Um, so you're having conversations with himself. Basically, conversations with himself. With an older, wiser version of himself. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and again, so that's certainly very a somewhat interesting aspect. The one thing, though, that differs in a lot of cases is that the 2003 version doesn't include the Gate of Truth at all. Yeah. So the 2003 version, um, when they, you know, when out, you know, all the alchemy, all the kind of like hidden myths, symbolism, and everything that goes on behind that is not actually explained at all um, to Ed at all. And so a lot of that just kind of happens. Um, and even where Ed um, figures out that he can do his special transmutation sort of sort of thing here, which is clapping his hands together, uh-huh. um, he learn he eventually figures that out later on in the in the in the anime versus you know in the 2003 anime it's one of those things where like it becomes his weakness as well oh very because di- because other people have other people figure out mm-hmm. that he needs both both hands to do it oh yeah and and then that means you just take out that auto mail arm mm-hmm. and you know. and then he, and then he's basically down for the count it's yeah but he doesn't even know that he can do that until until element until much later on in the in the 2003 anime because it goes through his past before he becomes a state alchemist right um versus where in the um versus where in the manga in the 2009 anime like the second he comes back out of the gate of truth and he's back in the real world he immediately recognizes that he can do the clap and do it and do that yeah so um i found that to be um certainly very interesting and again it's interesting because the 2003 2003 incarnation um, I think it's really useful because it tells a slightly different version of the story um, that is still very approachable and useful at the end of the day is a- analogistic to um, certain other things that happen there. So, um, which again, I think we're watching... It's, these... it, it, to me, it was interesting to see where somebody might take it if they didn't have the roadmap. Yes. And, th- and that's very much what ended up happening. Um, now, when we get to the 2009 anime... They move along real quickly. Okay, so so the 2009 anime doesn't let you build that affection for Alan Ed. No. Um, be, and and it doesn't explain Winry really. In, until until almost like chapter until almost like episode like six or seven later on. So yeah. you almost have to wait. If, if so you were you watching it weekly, you would almost wait like two months before you ever met her again. Yeah. Or and, saw her. Yeah, and so you don't get you don't get that, um, which which I I found disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um. It doesn't build the relationship with with grandma, nope, at all. Um, and so, so you don't you don't get that. So I think you lose some things that cause because because at the end of the day, both Al and Ed are very moral. Oh yes, and you don't get a sense of where that morality come. comes from, mm-hmm. how how that's developed. Yeah, um, I think in the two thousand nine version. So I found that disappointing. Now in the two thousand nine version. Um, the other the other thing I would say is I didn't get the sense of the appropriate relationship between the military officers and the state alchemists. Yeah, yeah. So the so again one of the better kind of separate entities, and, and whereas in the two thousand three version, they were very much a you know you work for us. You work for us, but there's also they're also trying to support you know, the colonel's very clearly trying to support. Ed and Al, for Ed the most and part, Al and even and the Fuhrer is very much ba- kind of like, yeah. hey, let's like, get you back to your to your true selves, and let's get you back up and running. You so were, we can you, get back you out know, there. and and what it struck me as is it's that equivalency. You're going to work for us, and you're going to do things for us, and 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 they send they send Ed off to to deal with all sorts of criminals, and mm-hmm. and um, 
and all, but in it, they also have compassion for them and want to see them made whole. Yes. And they try to enable that by making introductions to different people who, you know, in the end end up not being Very necessarily good people. But, but, um, in the end end up not being very good people but but um at least the at least the mili the military to me in that in that particular setting is sympathetic mm -hmm. now whether that's warranted by the time you get to the end is a different story yeah so in the 2003 version um the military is more of a supporting element versus the 2009 original manga it's very much a it's very much an acting sort of thing here. It is, and I, and I think at the and I think that. Um, but I don't. It, I don't get the. I don't in the two thousand nine. I don't get the sense of the symbiotic relationship, and in the two thousand three version, I do. But and, and I but I think that in the two thousand nine version, you very much get the impression that like, oh, we see state alchemists as tools, and we're going to use them when we want to. We haven't needed to use an atomic. We haven't needed to use an atomic bomb in a long time, but we have it in lying and waiting. Just in case we ever. But have. there are lots of references to what what it did in Ishval and understanding yeah. where Scar comes from. So so let's get to the next thing. Okay. Scar. Okay. In the two thousand nine version, is is a fully fleshed out villainous sort of creature. Yeah, but you get you you get. But you have a lot of sympathy, sympathy for, for why. why. Yeah. So so it isn't like um, I would I I would I would compare him to maybe the Joker and Batman. Oh yeah, that's a great example. Because I mean, the Joker and Bat—I would say the Joker and Batman. In a lot of cases, I'd actually probably go a little further and say he's probably Thanos from the Marvel movies. Yes, because he's got okay. A, excellent, excellent analogy. So he's because he's got an because you know because he has an understanding of how things work and he has a belief at the end of the day. And at a certain point here, you're like, if you listen to him long enough, it's like you know what, he's not wrong. wrong. Yeah, but the way he's going about it is. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the ends justify the means to Scar at the end of the day, much like it did to Thanos. And Thanos' understanding was like, you know, the world has a finite source, finite set of resources, so there has to be something done to make sure that nobody, that we don't have to do this eventually. And, and unfortunately... We don't become self-destructive yeah. because we've overpopulated. And, and so in that same way, Scar um, recognizes the, the horrors... Of Ishval mm -hmm. and understands how the military is using the the alchemists, yeah, and um, and therefore is is hell bent on on killing all of them, mm -hmm. um, and I thought he, I, I I found him a much better character in the two thousand nine anime than I did in the two thousand three. Yeah, and so in, in the two thousand three anime, you you only get kind of an initial portion of him. It's not until Many many episodes later, I think after episode ten or so, when they really start picking back up the story again, that you really get to understand more about um, Scar, and you get to see the full version of Scar again. Yeah. Um, so, but the two thousand nine version really does show Scar as he's portrayed in the manga, which is very much this like force of nature that it's that's not wrong in his is is in his logic, but he is wrong in his approach, but that he's very much kind of like a Ha! Ah, I'm here. Let's go. Out, you know, like I'm. I'm here. Deal oh, with no. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, what I've also kind of found interesting is that the way he that... is, he is totally unrepentant. No. There's yeah, absolutely. there's absolutely no remorsefulness. There's no 
there's no sense of um of of sorrow no it's as if in for and for the most part here he's made peace with himself understanding is like i understand that i'm going against the infall teaching that's why i've given up my own name and go by this weird alias at the end of the day yeah um and I know what I'm doing is not right, but what I'm doing right now is justice, not necessarily, you know, the correct thing to do by my religion. Because the Ishval religion is very much kind of like the turn the other cheek sort of thing here. Yeah, it's very Buddhist. It, it's very Buddhist and very Christian at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but even but even Scar realizes that, like, yeah, I know what I'm doing is not is not right. But it's the thing that makes the most sense for justice and it's the way I'm coping with whatever pain I'm going through, too. He justifies it, um, and and I found his utter uh, utter lack of remorse um, disappointing. Yeah. So there's that. Um, he gets he gets better. He gets better. Well, that's good. Yes, he gets better. Okay. So um, what I, I didn't like the way that um, that Hughes was was portrayed in the 2009. I found him much too jokey and. Um, you don't get that sense of like this is a father figure sort of element here because yeah it, you don't get you you don't get the sense that he's going to care for these people you don't get the sense um, he's he's more comic relief just for the sake of comic relief rather than being um, you also kind of lose what kind of like aspect where he is because again you, you Colonel Hughes is a is in the intelligence branch of the right, military right so like despite this kind of very jokey sort of like demeanor that he has. Um, he's actually a very, very smart individual at the end of the day that knows whole loads of stuff that, um, that most people wouldn't even consider remembering at all. Um, and in the, and I think in the, in the 2003 version, because a lot of it takes place, um, with a lot of flashbacks to kind of earlier stuff and they have yeah. a lot more time to. You know, like flesh things out. Flesh things out, yeah. And again, I mean, like we spend the better part of twenty-five episodes for about six months with Hugh, with, with the ability to kind of appreciate Hughes. Um, he has he, ha- he has he has Alan Ed living in his home. He has a wife. She's she's expecting. He's got the little daughter. He's got the little daughter. The dog. Um, he's a he's a real person. So it, and this leads me to my overall observation between the two thousand three and the two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. The 2003 is more character driven. The 2009 is more action driven. More plot driven. Plot, very, okay, very, plot. very, very plot driven. And, and the benefit is, in, and again, this goes back to my reasoning why we why I recommend to watch the 2003 version first is that you get the sense of this relationship with Ed and Al because a lot of what was going into the 2009 version was this up kind of understanding and appreciation that oh this is the relationship that they have, so we can focus more on what was the original plot of the manga. Because um, the manga, while well, again, like you have forty-five pages, forty-five to fifty pages every single month that come out that give you the sense of these characters' relationships. Yeah. Um, but when they were translating that to anime here, like they were trying to go, they were trying to also condense what was ended up being a hundred eight chapters into about sixty-three some odd chapter in sixty-three some odd sixty-three episodes, sixty-four some odd episodes. They were moving at a very brisk and very you know quick pace. Um, despite the fact that it feels to me, it feels much more action. Yeah, oh, very um, much action, and again, the, they're moving around very quickly. So, so um, an, an overall comment about manga mm-hmm. is that we tend to think of comic books 
um, as as um, being really they really are action driven unless mm-hmm. you unless you're reading Archie um, they are action driven and they don't spend as much time developing characters they're about about story yeah and I, I, and and if you're going to read manga you have to kind of let go of that concept because manga actually does spend a lot of time with the moral aspects of people yeah it, it, it what's what's really nice about the manga form here that you don't get a lot in the anime but, I mean, true true of 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 lots of manga though lots of manga absolutely yeah. yeah lots of manga spend depending on the themes that are being driven in there spend a lot of time more on um, discussing sometimes the morality of what we're doing and the efficacy or even just like, you know, the nature of like, hey, is what we're doing right? Or, you know, like, hey, this is what we're doing in some cases. A lot cases. of moral dilemma. Yeah. And, and again, in some manga, there, now there's a fair amount of manga, which, ju- which is very much kind of the notion of like, you know, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do to protect other people at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, how far do you go to protect other people as well? But a lot of that's an ethos that is that is especially... Um, highly regarded in Japan too. Yes. It's why Japan has no problem wearing masks, and because you know, they're already because they're because again they're already hyper aware of what of everybody else, and so they're they're very much attentive of the notion of oh I'm doing this to set, to protect other people. people. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be in anybody else's way or, exactly. or hurt anybody. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, and that goes through like a lot of different stuff here. I mean, like even in sumo wrestling, like. Which I found kind of, you know, which I found so fascinating at the end of the day. Like, I go back to Jeff. Uh, there's, like, the, there's this white guy. He's a Bulgarian. He's amazing. Took on a Japanese name to become a sumo wrestler. That's pretty cool. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, it was so cool. Um, and there's a couple other guys, that, white guys like that, too. Not as commonly, but yeah. he's one of the more um, well-regarded sumo wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but again, it's very much this ocean, this very kind of hierarchy in that, you know, they don't go out and help each other up when they lose, but like, it's very much kind of a respectful sort of like, I lost. Okay. I lost. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. You know, okay. I didn't do well this time. I bow and I'm great and gracious in my defeat. Um, again, I love that entire mythos about the Japanese culture here. I think it's yeah. so, such a well ingrained sort of thing here. Um, so yeah, again, this is one of those times in which I say, watch the 2003, 2003 anime, then watch the 2009, because a lot like, uh, what was House of Cards, which was originally a British show, mm-hmm. if you watch the, the newer version that came out on Netflix before you watch the older British show, you're not going to be able to appreciate and enjoy the British show at all. Most because also I don't understand the House of Commons and British, uh, government at the end of the day, but, Parliament, you know, yeah. Parliament here, but like, um... It is one of those things where like, if you watch the 2003 version, you get a lot more already kind of re-ingrained understanding of how these characters act and, and appreciate each other and how they work with each other. So that if you just wanted to find out what was the original plot of Full Metal Alchemist in the um, anime form, you could get you could get through that. Um, and in later chapters of the of the or later episodes of the anime do slow down quite a bit after Hughes's death. Um, so the one thing I did want to also ask you about here real quickly um, was, and I know the 2003 does, version does it a lot better than the 2009 version, um, but that's Show Tucker and Nina. Okay. 
So, and, and, and it's actually one of the places where I actually liked the movie. Because mm. time feels like it moves. In, in my thing, my thing was in, in the 2003 version was that you felt like you spent a lot of time with Nina and show Tucker. So you could appreciate their relationship at the end of the day. You could appreciate how much they cared for Nina at the end of the day. And you were far more capable of, you know, like, oh yeah, like we are like big brothers to her, you know, and we really care Can for her. Can we talk about what happens to Nina? Cause that's a, like a moral dilemma. And yeah. And, and again, keep in mind that, um, so show Tucker is known as the sewing life alchemist. Um, cause he once created a chimera that could talk. Now it could only talk for a couple minutes and then it killed itself. It says, yeah. it, it literally says, I want to die. Yeah. And then, and then it starves itself to death. Yes. And, um, and, and later you, you understand why. Yeah. Although they never explicitly talk about it, but, but you do understand it. Um, well, you do realize who it was. Oh, yes. 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 Was, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, yes. And so later you understand why. Yeah. So you and they walked you through that very slowly. And I thought the 2003 version did a much better job of that mm -hmm. because you actually see them play. I guess in the 2009 version, you see them play. You see them play, but it, again, what happens over the course of. In the 2003 version, there's two. It's almost broken down to two episodes, and they spend a lot of time. Um, they spend a fair amount of time kind of showing how Ed and Al are very, you know, studious sort of things. Because when they go to the library, they're like instantly they, just they're like. They're just, they're just lost they're in just the library. They're just lost in the lost in the library wanting to read and learn. Yeah. Um, and that you spend a lot of time because it also goes over how the state alchemist examinations and everything and how they got to that point. And the sewing alchemist is, is um, for, first of all, th this is where the compassion comes in with the military. Because the military makes that introduction and takes them there. Mm -hmm. um, the colonel takes them there um, because he thinks that the, that the sewing alchemist who has, has, has created a chimera who could speak um, might have some ability to... Uh, might have some knowledge or some cross-compatible research that could help them get their bodies back. Right. So the 2003 version explicitly says, leaves, leaves Al there. Mm-hmm. For a short period of time. Well, Ed goes to do the state alchemist exam. Yeah, right. And and leaves Al there. Um, and that's pretty critical, actually, because the sewing alchemist learns, Tucker learns from examining Al. Yeah. And you see you see him examine Al mm -hmm. and realize how, how Al is fused. Yes. And, um, and, and, the 2009 version doesn't do that. No, it, but the 2009 version also stays fairly faithful to the um, original manga as well because they just kind of, they get there, they feel they seemingly feel like they're there for maybe a week or so. Yeah. Um, and then after the end of the week here, like, you know, they make a point of saying that like, oh, hey, like you're re-exit, you know, you're re-thit, your, your state alchemist renewal thing is coming up, so you got to show... What you know? Why it's still beneficial for us to keep you as a state alchemist? And he actually says says earlier that he has to keep his state alchemist uh, designation because prior to that he has a nice house. He has a very nice house. It's a big house, and he has a daughter and and, and, and the entire point. Of, yeah, and his and his wife left two years ago. That's very important. Wink, um, wink, not judge. Huh? Wink, wink, not judge. Yeah. So, um, 
in the end, uh, you know, or, or as part of that conversation, he he says, "I had nothing. We were very poor." Yeah, he can't. He can't fathom going back to that former lifestyle. Style. At all. Yeah. If so, he has to do. He didn't get a very good review the last time, and he has to be able to show that he's progressed. Yeah. So he feels like he's so he's feeling a lot of pressure. And he mentions it several times. Oh, yeah. It feels very much, you know, and, and again, in the 2003 version, you really feel for him because you see him as this, like, nice father figure, but you see that he's clearly overworked and that Nina... He feels stress. And... Yeah, and that Nina doesn't have an outlet to play with him at all because um, because that's just not an option here. And so that you yeah. very much feel for, feel for Show Tucker in the 2003 version. Now, when we get to the 2009 version again... And you're shocked. Uh, yeah, you're almost shocked that he, that he even did it. I think part of the problem... We're not going to tell them what he did, right? Are we? I think it's okay because, again, it's been out for a long enough. It's been out for... It, okay. Mind, this got done in 2002, 2003. Because I was really shocked. I'm sorry about that. Okay, so at the end of the day here, um, because Show Tucker is pushed to a corner... Um, he feels the pressure he to, feel, to, he, to... He feels the pressure to, to, to be able to prove that he... Deserves to be a state alchemist still. His research is moving along. Yeah. It's progressing. It hasn't stalled at all. It's still moving. He's learned from watching Al. That he basically makes a chimera out of Nina and Well, no, no, no. Okay. Okay. So he makes a chimera. Mm -hmm. And let's slow this down. He makes a chimera. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what the chimera is made of. So, he's, but he's very excited that he's made the chimera. Very, it, and the chimera can can have conversations with you, mm-hmm. simple conversations. And um, and Ed and Alan get there, and they go look for Nina and the dog to play with, and they can't find Nina and the dog. Then Tucker shows them very excitedly this dog-like chimera, and the chimera talks to to Ed. Mm-hmm. And then the chimera, what says, describes Ed as a big brother. He calls big brother. Yeah, he calls him big. The chimera calls um, Al big brother and makes a point of saying, "Let's play again." Let's play again. And then and that's said, when you start kind of like realizing. Oh gosh, what? Oh gosh, and you and and I'm like, oh, he didn't. He didn't. <gasps> he did. And he made the chimera out of his daughter and his dog. And you can't undo that. Do with no. that. No. And suddenly they flash back and 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 Ed asks, so when was your last test? Two years ago. When did your wife leave? Two, Two years, years ago. ago. And suddenly you understand why the chimera said... Kill me. Kill me. Yeah. And... Much like the 2009 version and the 2003 version here, um, it's Scar that does this horror. It does this deed, but he, but I believe he does it because he understands that, like, so at some point here, like, the Nina Chimera um, runs out of the house and finds Scar, um, who's just kind of sitting about, and... Yeah. Um, Scar recognizes that, like, oh my goodness, you were one of the, you, you're, what has happened to you? I can tell that you're two different souls in this, you know, malformed body here, which, I mean, to its extent, I mean, like, it, it kind of looks like a dog, but kinda, like. kind of looks like a, like a Chinese lion. Yeah, very much, actually. And yeah, that's a good example, actually. Um, it, it, Scar recognizes what's happening here and decides, you know, like, you know what? 
I'm going to do you a favor and, and, and end your misery for you. Yeah, he actually makes it, he makes it as a gesture of compassion. Yeah. And, 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 and so you see that, like, he's, that Scar has some understanding and of understanding of what's going on. And this is, again, very much true about the 2003 version where it's in the past and he's just kind of figuring himself out here versus in the 2009 version, like, he is, like, already this ruthless killer. But you see this, this side of him is like, yeah, I know, I, I understand that you're hurting and I understand you're in pain right now. Let me let me go ahead and fix that for you and let me put you out of your misery for you. Yeah, so he makes it an act of compassion and and I actually I actually didn't ascribe it to pain, but as a, a knowledge of of um, these few souls are just morally wrong. Yeah, it just he sacrificed his daughter to keep his certification. And again, I mean, and again, what's going on early here is that um, Arakawa is really trying to point, trying to show the point here of this is what happens when you dive too deeply into your science and forget that your science is meant to help humanity. Wait, at the end yeah, of the when your science loses morality. Yeah, and and at the end of the day here, like, you know, at a certain point here again, I mean, like, in, again, and Show Tucker says the point of this, like, I did this all for my wife and my daughter at the end of the day, and yet they were the ones that he sacrificed to do it at the end of the day so then the other interesting conversation as part of this is is uh ed rightfully is appalled and and is very upset very upset and uh, because they they were like 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 brother and sister for for a, for, period, for a of period of time um and is is um shouting accusations at tucker and Tucker turns around and says, "Who are you? To, who are you to to describe that to me? I've known what I know what you. I know did. what you did, and and um, and and Ed comes back with, "Yes, but I was I was a child. I was I was a child, and I was naive, and I didn't understand the full ramifications patience. of what I was doing. Yeah, you were an adult, and you knew very well, well what you were what you were doing. So it sort of separated separated. I think it's the first time you actually actually get a a verbalized separation of yes, I did the wrong thing. Yes." Um, alchemy forbids because alchemy forbids the, it's taboo they make a tab- big point about that, saying it in it's that, taboo in that, and that the people who do learn about it that they have done it here is very much kind of like oh my goodness I can't believe you actually oh, I mean did it comes it. up in the very first the very first couple of episodes mm-hmm. where where um, Father Cornello is, is very much kind of surprised like oh my goodness they you actually did it yeah, whereas where he's it. been faking doing it, yeah, he's been and bringing it. bringing people back to life, but not really, yeah, faking it. He's he has a fake philosopher's stone, mm-hmm. which um, amplifies uh, your alchemy, yeah, and he's able to recreate somebody's voice, but then they they go away, yeah, they they move away for whatever they move reason. away, and as it turns out, nobody ever actually saw them; they only heard them. Or they saw him in silhouette behind like a, on like a, a bed, bed or, or something. A yeah. drape or something. Um, and and it wasn't real. It wasn't full. Yes. But Father Cano's like, you actually did it. Yeah. And um, because it is so taboo. But it's the first time you ever get, get Ed, I think, actually verbalizing. We understand what we did and we know, we know what we did is wrong. And we, we wouldn't also- do it again and we've paid a price for it. 
and we will never do that again. We, you know, essentially. And 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 that actually plays into the ending too. Mm-hmm. Um, we paid a price for it, but we were children. And um, and I thought it was interesting to see that that conversation. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a later portion of the um, series here where um, father is collecting his. Um, the so real it, father or the fake father? So, fake father. Um, so the character father, which is the homunculus, not yeah. von Hohenheim, who oh, okay, is their actual yeah. father. Okay. Um, is and again, I don't mean to spoil this here at the end of the day um, to a certain extent, but. He's collecting people who have done the human sec, who have done human transmutation, for a special event. Yeah, and um, he makes a point of of communicating this later on because again, their um, Ed and Al's teacher had has also done uh, human transmutation as well, uh, which is how she got her some of her powers at the end of the day too. Um, and so, father makes a point of kind of going out of there saying, you know, it's like, you know. Everybody lost something that was very actually kind of symbolic of what they of what they were doing here. So like, Ed lost his legs because he wanted to stand up on his you know Ed lost his legs when he did human transmutation because he wanted to stand on his own two feet and follow in the fo- footpaths of, of his, his father, father and other people. Yeah. Ed or Al only Al wanted the love and embrace of his mother, so lost his entire body, which feels no warmth or feeling at all. Has, in, has in none general. of those senses. Yeah. Um, their teacher here, um, and I apologize, the name is escaping me at the moment, but their teacher wanted to bring back their child, her child, which had, you know, died during stillbirth. And as a result, they took, you know, took away her womb essentially in her body. So that way she can never give birth ever again. again yeah. Um, and so like, it's, it's interesting how like the truth actually, and he makes a point. The of law saying, of equivalency. Yeah. And it's interesting that truth makes, you know, the father makes a point of saying that like, at the end of the day here, like, you all did something very taboo, and they took something that, you know, what you really wanted at the end of the day, Value, they, took it, yeah. they took it from you. Yeah. You know, even if you didn't realize that's what you were having in there. And then we get to the 2017 movie. <laughs> which took, which felt like it took something away from me, too. Okay, so it's like two and a half hours long. So it's two, it's two hours, 15 minutes long. Um, Feels like longer. I have issues with this movie. I had to break it down into two pieces. I couldn't even watch it all at once. Okay, my uh, well, let me let me give you my issues, and then you can you can you, see where yours are. Okay. You get absolutely nothing of of any sort of uh, uh, relationship with Winray or the grandmother. It does nothing to develop any compassion for. You see Trisha for all of like four and a half seconds, seconds. and then it's like. It does not worry about character development. It is worried about getting you through the plot lines as quickly as possible. And let me tell you, first of all, my first problem with it. My first, I, I have emotion about this. Okay. The music absolutely sucked. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh my God. So the music. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to show you this real quickly. What is my first line on there? Yes. Yes. So my first line here on my notes here is that strange dissonance. With music choices, the oh. first the first couple minutes, like you're watching. Are this, we it, watching Power Rangers? It is music that it it, it the music. Okay. It's music that feels Let like it belongs somewhere else. Let me back up. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the anime and say there were times I saw touches of Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. In the anime, 
It sometimes felt like it had that style, um, especially the the uh, the 2009 version felt like it was paced kind of the same way as Yu-Gi-Oh, which your brother watched, your younger brother watched, mm-hmm. and, and was a diehard. At one point, I knew how to play because whatever you guys knew how to do, I knew how to play. Yeah. So, um, you, I mean, I, I would harken back to different sort of Sentai and, and Japanese anime uh, genres. Mm-hmm. The music took me to the Power Rangers. Um, it was bouncy. It was um, lighthearted. I mean, these aren't like, this is a dark thing. It was bouncy. It was lighthearted. It was almost jokey. It was, it sucked. My, well, again, like, so, like, the very, uh, a lot of my notes were literally writing it as stuff was happening. Yeah. And uh, one of the notes here I had was that, like. Your first note was. Is, 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 is again, strange dissonance with music choices. Because, yeah. again, I mean, like, the very first scene feels like, like, oh, you're out on. Cause, so they open up on the farm where Trisha is put hanging up the laundry before yeah. she kind of, like, faints and. And that happens, and the scene there is where Ed and Al bring out these horses that they've made with um, nearby stuff, and they've transmutated to show off to their mom, and their mom's like, oh my goodness, I'm so proud. You guys are going to grow up just like your like father. father. yeah. You, know, you are so, your father's son. You are your father's sons. And this music that's happening here seems like... Oh, no, no, no. The music, no, the music in this case here sounds like... Something's going to come out of the house and eat Trisha Elric. Oh, that's true. And even like the way they're showing the alchemy here, like it looks like a body horror sort of thing is happening with all the stuff and the way it swirls and it's so ominous and, and violent. And... and the music fits up perfectly with the way they're portraying the alchemy here because it feels very, you know, in the anime. It's ominous. It feels very ominous in the way it do- moves around, feels very much like a. Like a tornado is trying to eat you or something, and yeah. versus like the two thousand three and two thousand nine anime, kind of show it as kind of like a like Lego bricks almost getting moved out and then re put back together in a certain. It pattern. gives you very much the feeling of destruction and reconstruction. Yes, as for this, very much feels kind of like a whirling mess kind of happens and it reconstitutes itself back into this other thing. So it it's felt- more like it's more like if you were on the star, uh, if you were on the uh, br- bridge of the Enterprise and you were being. Um, trans teleported. Yes. Yeah. It felt like that. Yeah, I can yeah, absolutely. And again, so, um, it just feels so. It, it's, it's just the musical choice here feels as if like, like something ominous and weird is going to ha- something ominous and villainous is going to happen here, and oh my goodness, these children are coming out. And the music choice would make perfect sense in the case of like, of what happens afterwards, but like. You don't really even need music here. You can just have like a light background, sort of like nice, kind of airy sort of feel to it. And yeah. You would be perfectly fine. And again, I have a lot of problems. It's with a the, spring day. It's she's a spring day. Ever so nice. And then like, yeah. you don't need the music to be ominous. It, again, it very much feels like it, this. it doesn't need to foreshadow. Yeah, and and again, I mean like, then can we talk about being uh, the kids when they do the human transmutation get Wizard of Oz? <laughs> It's a perfect description. I I, yeah. I I literally that was like I was literally watching it. I was just like, and I was literally t- I literally thought to myself. I paused. It's like, I've seen this somewhere before. before. This is the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. This is Dorothy getting caught in the house 
swirling up a tornado and then landing somewhere. It is it is the and perfect it description. Felt exactly like, like that. that. And I yeah. think but I think the reason for that was because again in the anime here you see especially the two thousand nine anime, you see how their bodies get deconstructed yeah. and broken down. And I don't think you really wanted to show that as kids. Because there's blood involved. Well, not only so much that there's blood involved, but so much as that you don't want to see, you know, like I I would have a hard time with somebody torturing a kid in a movie. Okay, Even so, if... so that, and that brings up my first question Okay. that I had about the movie was... Were the kids getting tortured to do those acting scenes? No. Okay. Oh, God, the acting's so bad. <laughs> the acting is just so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just universally, although I, a couple of characters I'm okay with. But um, my, my, my first, first question that I had was, what is the age group of the audience? It, was this meant for tweens? Who was this intended for? Right. My, my, my guess was it was for not even teenagers, because even teenagers ago, that really sucked. Um, 12-year-olds. Oh no no I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even engage twelve year olds. Well, I, but I, but if, it's but it's got some fairly big moral dilemmas that you certainly wouldn't put in front of younger kids. I think this movie was aimed at people who already liked Full Metal Alchemist. Well, okay, I get that, but it, it certainly wasn't intended to be marketed for an adult audience. No, it's I don't, so I, poorly I, acted. I mean, it's you know, it's, I think, it's I think, Saved by the Bell type acted. It will. It's. I think it's even worse than that. It, it, I would wager that this was a, this was a movie created by committee, and by studio mandates because there is a number of um, scenes throughout this entire movie that are very reminiscent to what actually happened and show off these really kind of great poses, like the pose where you first see you know Ed's full arm with his coat kind of ripped off yeah. and shredded when you you know in the you, scene where he's attacked by. You know, Law Lion or whatever that is. Yeah, and then you see, you know, and then you have that, you know, there's... I think there are things that are depicted well. I like the way that gluttony and and, and lust are, are depicted. Oh, I love the... I love, okay, so I've, I've heard conflicting things about those characters. But if you go back to the original source material and you were told, and, and the studio mandate was, make it as close to the original as possible. Like, I'm sorry, gluttony is about as close as you get to gluttony at the end of the day. Even down to like... But Cornello's the, nothing like Cornello. No, no, Cornello's nothing like Cornello, and even you know, and, and as an and, and because Cornello's part of the opening, that right kind of that right there kind of shattered me. Well, I was really kind of annoyed with this notion, especially in the very beginning. Was like, I'm okay with kind of getting in at kind of immediate re, uh, immediate res kind of into the situation here, but like, why is Father Cornello running away from Al? He's supposed to be like the big head honcho in this entire church in this entire city of Lior, he's supposed to be pointing, you know, everybody else to go murder the heretics and Ed and Al. Yeah. Why is he running? And, 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 then, and you don't get that scene where where the village village people say, well, we thought you were good guys, and here you are. Well, and you also lose the fact that Ed... You lose a lot because you just only have two, two and a half, you know, two hours and 15 minutes to deal with so you move a lot along of story really quick So you move all, and, and, and some things have to be sacrificed. But you lose some scenes that really are character development. Very, and, and again, I mean, one of the one of the most defining things I felt that you lost here was that one of Ed's most defining features is that he is, he is clever and that he is very smart. That's mm-hmm. how he became a state alchemist. You don't get state alchemist just on skill alone. You have to be smart too. And the fact that 
Ed tricks Father Canelo into exposing himself. On, yeah. You don't get that at the end of the day. You just get, you know, you get this little kind of hat hat. It's like, is this your precious, you know, guy here? A knife that's holding up a girl. And, and the other thing that really kind of bothered me as well is that why is Father Canelo running if everything he does to stop Ed, Ed is not, you know, like literally just pushes them back, like literally like waves of concrete bricks and then yeah. all these pillars coming out of the wall. Like you can clearly stop him. Why are you running? Why aren't you fighting him? It, 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 oh, I lost it with the fact that he just didn't look anything like Father Cronello, and that would have been an easy character to recreate. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. With, my thing at the end of the day is that I'm okay if the characters don't look like who they originally were supposed to be, uh-huh. so long as they inhabit the look at the end of the day. Like, I would be okay, you know, at the end of the day here, like, does... He wasn't, he, he wasn't a charismatic figure. No. And Father Cronello was a, yeah, is and, a and very this, charismatic figure. Yeah. And, and yeah, this and, wasn't my Father Cronello. Yeah. So, so to me, he wasn't at all charismatic, and and that is what that role is. And I was also, I'm also kind of slightly disappointed here in, um, in Ed and the or the actor that played Ed because of that god awful wig, that you can clearly tell was a wig, and yeah. that like so. Well, you a- can do. I mean, you could say a lot about that. I, I <coughs> um. Were these the these the people that I envisioned from the anime? In a lot of cases, no. In other cases, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Hughes, I think, was well chosen. I think Hughes was well chosen. I also think Roy was kind of also well, well chosen. chosen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the person who plays Rinri has she the had right no idea. Role. Oh, oh she, come on! She has no role. She has no purpose being there. She's 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 she's, she's being dragged around from place to place. She's and she doesn't, she's this she's this you know in the in the anime she's this sort of unspoken love interest she's this emotional back support or, to the yeah guys. she's like, their lifelong she's a trio. she's a part of the trio even though it's really a duo but but she's the person who came you know who maintains the auto mail she takes care of him um and 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 there's a there's a, a bond she's like the one constant that's always yeah. there for the brothers to come back to yeah and she's and, also representative of what they're aiming to get back to as well yes exactly and and she has like no role in this. She has no all. agency at all. She's just literally the she's, only reason she's here is just to kind of do the iconic scenes of, oh my goodness, Ed, you broke your arm. How could you break your arm here? I have you to. You did re- this again. Now I have to. Yeah, but she has no purpose. Purpose. Yeah. No, she's. Li- How do you off like a, a main character like that? Well, again, I mean, a lot of this in. I will admit that the way they kind of handle Show Tucker here is a little bit better as well. Actually, okay, so... Because so, we can go back to that. Here, okay, yeah. so Mike, my, my one... The things that I liked in this movie that I thought they did well. Show Tucker, I thought they did that extremely well. Yeah, because you can... I cl- thought, it's not the same... It's the same element where, like, you can feel that, like, he's really kind of up against a wall, but, like... You got, you got his stress. You, you saw you, his stress. You got his stress and you understood his stress, and then once Nina gets chimera here... Um, I, from that point here, I'm kind of like, okay, like if you decide, he has you, no remorse over it. No remorse because, like, it, but again, it's also one of those things. Where it's like, you know what? I'm all in at this point. I just have to do it, and I'm, you know, and I might as well just go all in at this point. Which you is got what how he, you got how he justified it mm-hmm. to what his self justification was, and you got that that the stress to him was 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 earned. Like you felt yeah. that he was stressed, and you could understand his. You can understand how it he doesn't make him sympathetic, but it, it it helps you 
understand how a father could do that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, still don't understand. But I don't understand how he would do it. But again, but you can see why he broke at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I guess that's the key. You see him as really a broken man. Yes. And, and doing all this stuff here. So and, what, and he, for me, was well chosen. Yes. Um, I liked him. I like the general. I like I like the general because like he's 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 not the same General Hakuro that's in the series because the General Hakuro in the series is actually fairly decent decent yeah. kind of person. Yeah. But um, but like nobody really nobody in the series who unless you're a diehard fan was going to remember who really really General Hakuro really what? was. And yeah. So you could have hired any older elder statesman actor to be in that role. But, I mean, I think the way they used that role was was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, especially given how many things you had to cut out. So I, I thought, and, and, and I, 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 I loved Lust. Oh, I love the way, I, I like all the homunculus here. Like, I really do. Like, they look like their characters. They act like their characters. They move around like their characters. Like The visual effects are well done. Some yes and some no. Like I, Okay, some yes and some no, but okay. For what it is, I mean, like, I think a lot of the visual effects were really were aping what was definitely the low budget. It was definitely it was very low budget, but like they were certainly aping a lot of what was going on here. But I mean, even in the opening scenes, though, with stuff coming out of the walls and and uh, the concrete kind of doing this kind of waves or thing, stuff like, was well done. Oh no, yeah, no, that was very much kind of how like, hey, if this is well, what alchemy looks like. Yeah. One of my major gripes I have throughout this and what I went through this year was. Um, when you see Ed do do his clap, yep, which is again he does a very kind of iconic clap, which almost looks like he's praying. It see now I and I look at it as very much a, almost a Buddhist thing. Yes, that too. Um, he claps his hand together, and you don't hear the iconic clap, which you hear in the anime constantly. Yeah, what you hear because again, what you would hear is you would hear this clap, and you would hear kind of this dissonancy, sort of echoey effect, kind of happening, like he clapped, and then like a. Like you clap, like you also hit kind of like a a bell or some sort of like glass or thing, and it kind of yeah. does this echoey element here, which signifies that he's done like he's made he's, his own he's doing, he's doing he's, some he's, alchemy. He's, he's doing alchemy here at this point. No, instead it's like this clap, it just feels like two gloves. It literally was just two cloth pieces jumping together. Yeah. So there's no fo- so like the foley work in this was also just like. How do you? How do you? You know, it's the simplest thing in the world. All you have to do is just get the guy to just go. It's yeah. clap. And even if it sounds different every single time, all the better because at least you hear a clap. And I don't care if he's wearing gloves or not. Like, yeah. just have that clap. That clap is so iconic. Yeah. And it just means, it would mean so much to everybody on there. Um, the other thing that broke me out of a lot of this year were the costumes. Okay. Because there were costumes. So as an example... All the military officers are wearing this really bright royal blue costume with gold trim, with gold trim and everything on it here. Now, and I already have problems with the military co- with the military outfits, anyways, because they've got kind of this. They're not realistic. They're not realistic, but they have kind of this skirt element that's kind of going on. That's but, meant but to then make it you, look. It's steampunk, and you have to think back to the time. And I, and and again, I can appreciate a lot of that, but like, I would kind of assume that if you were the military, this be more of a little bit more subdued. You know, still have kind of maybe the gold trim on there, or maybe some like leathery trim on there but then have like a not much, so ost- ostentatious not so ostentatious more like a deeper richer navy blue sort of thing yeah because that's kind of always what i saw i always saw oh, the, the marine blue which is which is at least more, a tone down not bright yeah more it's aiming more toward black but it's really more bluish yeah um i would i would have thought that and i would have thought 
Ed's coat wouldn't be quite so crimson red. I would have thought it would have been like more like a like more leathery duster kind of which was like this kind of like dyed red a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting that to be a lot more leathery looking and it was just so bright red. Like if anything, like when we saw gluttony, envy and lust, like there was like, okay, I want they that to look, spot on. I want that to look like a costume because like, again, like I just can't get over the fact that like you see it, you like, it looks so great. It's like, I'm almost certain like Arakawa when she saw it was just like, ah, that's what it would look like in real life. Cause I, I, and when I, I think, love the way all the. What do you call those? The arms? What do you call... What do you... What, which arms? Oh, the little tendrils or something? Yeah. I like that, too. I, I think what they actually did was here, and I... I, I, I I'm sitting... I'm standing here as if all of you can see me. Moving our arms I'm Moving my it. arms around. Um, yeah, that... I, so, I thought that those things were done really well. I like Gluttony's mouth. Oh, the way he's... Again, the CGI for that moves around, is really cool. The way he walks around, he's kind of like kind of a teddy bear kind of walking forward toward you is a little weird, but in one oh, of the Oh, you reminded me of Uncle Fester. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, and again, I mean, like if they cast Christopher Lloyd in that role, I thought I think it would be amazing. <laughs> but again, like, but again, Christopher Lloyd circa like 1990. Yeah, yeah, no, Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, no, no, Adam's family, Christopher, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, the, okay, there you again, go. He is Fester in that. Yeah. So, um, so there's that, one of the, so one of the things that really kind of bothered me here, and it's it would have been so easily doable here. Why is there not a suit actor for for Al? Al is almost so. So what's interesting here is that they went through all the process of getting a mo of somebody to do mocap for Al. Yes. So somebody went in and did all the mocap work for Al, and they digitized him in there. So he's got all the right movements, and he moves around like a human being would, and everything. Yeah, so for a suit of armor, for it's a suit of armor, supple. it's for for a suit of armor, it's there. But there's scenes where you can clearly see, no, this is a this is a CGI thing. It doesn't move right, yeah, and it's just kind of here. And I think it would have been very easy to, I I know like it would have been a cost sort of, a cost to cost to it here. Sort of a C three PO thing. Well, not even so much a C three PO sort of thing. I mean, like I think you could have had somebody who, again, keep in mind, this is also the place where you have. The Power Rangers shot, where you have Common Rider's shot. It's not that difficult to go to Toei and ask Toei, hey, could you make us an Ed costume? And even better is that, like, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people, already made the costume themselves for cosplay. Yeah. So it's very, you know, and I've seen somebody with an actual Ed co Al costume that moves around and does all the kicks and everything. Now, is it going to be as all the same movement you would typically get out of that? No, but this is also a suit of armor. So you're not going to expect this suit of armor to do a roundhouse kick, yeah. but you would want him to at least be able to lift up his leg and punch kick forward even. Yeah. Um, and again, like you just, you know, all you would have to do is just get kind of a really tall person and just have them shake their head around a lot, especially in the close-ups um, for that. And I found this fascinating that... They did it for Chewie. Well, not so much for Chewie. I mean, like you, you, there's there are tall people in Japan, and and, yeah. and and you could bring a guy in to be a tall person. Do we know where this was filmed? So a majority of this was actually filmed in Japan, and some of the settings that we see there are actually from theme parks. I wondered about that because um, they take you through old villages, and they're very they're very dated looking, 
Um, they reminded me of... All the uh, set dressings and everything are spot on. Yeah, so it reminded me a lot of Hoi An, which is a village that's that's historically preserved in uh, Vietnam. And some of that could have been shot there too, I would imagine. I know for one of the scenes where like when they get, first get to East City and they're showing the um, the base here at the end of the day when, they, yeah. when you first get up to there, that's a, that's from a theme park. Okay. That's from... That's from so Japan has a quite you know for for the size that Japan is there is a lot of theme parks, parks in Japan yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of it is trying to ape obviously the Disney the Disney Disneyland aesthetic here. but they have a thing for dressing up in cosplay too yeah they take they take that seriously there, uh, as, a, as, a, as does Korea and and so the, you know there outside of these things are all these rental places where you can rent whatever you want to be for the I, day I I feel. I feel a little guilty when we came back from Japan and we were like, you would ask, hey, do you want to dress up in, in kimonos? And I was like, no, that seems a little weird. And at, at the time I thought so, but now I look at it and I was like, no, I should have done it. There were places that would do you full up as a geisha with the makeup and the wig and everything. I mm-hmm. would have loved to have done that. Yeah. Um, I, and again, the only reason I think. So I'd... if you go, I would suggest you do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, um Although, we, if you do, do do it there, like, figure out where you're going for the day. We were jumping yeah. around quite a bit, so that yeah. was kind of, I think, one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it. Because you would have had the costume on for a couple of hours and then turned it back. Well, not, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having, like, you know, if we went through, like, Fushianari in the costume that and everything cool. for, the, for the two or three hours that we were there. Like, yeah. I would have been cool with that, but, like, I also don't feel like I would have wanted to... Keep in mind, to get into a, into a Japanese kimono for a woman can take up towards of an hour to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would have wanted to, um, we were, spend packed. All, yeah, we we were, were packed. We were packed. Yeah. If we had a little, if we had like a, if, if we got to Kyoto and the key idea, cause the first day we got to Kyoto, we also did like a number of things there. Yeah. You know, we, we, we universal, we, oh no, 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 that, that was Osaka. So Osaka, but when we got to a Kyoto, we did Fushinari almost right away. Yeah, we did. Um, and then we also went to do, um, a couple other things here and then we, um, we went to the manga museum, and then we also went to the um, Pokemon store. Yeah. Um, and then so by the time we were all done with all that, like we literally went back to the station, got our bags. Yeah. You know, and then went over to the Rio Ken at that point here. And so collapsed. we had a we had a full yeah. bid. We had a yeah. full day by that point. Yeah. Um, so understandably, it was kind of like okay, yeah, in that in that respect. Is that the night we did laundry? No, no, we did laundry the last night. Okay. Which was awesome too. Which was awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. 20 minutes to do a full load and it dried it and everything too we were just like it was so cool oh. but it was it was it was fun too so but yeah going back to full metal alchemist here like there's also like the zom homunculi i guess is kind of the best way to put it here yeah is a it's a thing that comes up much 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 later yeah um they moved things around they move things quite a bit and it, so again and so um one of the things that comes up in the manga here is that um, there's three rules for state alchemists. Um, they're not allowed to do. Um, they're not allowed to. They have to follow the military. Right. They can't. Um, they can't make gold. Right. And they can't do human transportation. Now, the first one obviously is that you want um, everybody to always follow the military here. If you have military soldiers, you have to. You want them to follow the military right. here. At the end of the day. Um, the second one obviously is you don't want to mess up the economy. At the end of the day. Uh, but the third one here, which is the human transportation. You don't want to do the human transmutation because obviously it's taboo and, and you wouldn't want to, and there's a moral thing to that. But the military actually doesn't want you doing the human transmutation thing because they don't want you making an army for yourself to override them. 
this plays into the storyline. And so this plays into the storyline of the um, of the movie here, and much later in the manga as well. Yeah. Where you've got all these like zombie homunculus that are um, mono-eyed or sometimes maybe two-eyed, sort of weird creatureish thingies yeah. at the end of the day. So I mean, they're like, human, but they're not human. Yeah, I mean, they, there's a reason why I think um, the movie didn't do very well at the end of the day on Netflix because it was such. Um, again, I think this was a movie where, had they done the movie where it was kind of more of a spiritual element to it here, where it wasn't a one-to-one creation, because there's a lot of scenes in here where it was literally like, you have to do the Nina Dog scene. You have to do the iconic this scene. Well, I you can't have... imagine not doing the Nina Dog scene, as dark as it is. Yeah, but they're literal panel-for-panel panel shots. Yeah. It feels like they were trying to have all the iconic shots, and they emit a whole characters like the Fuhrer, because yeah. I think they're even just trying to, you know, they were hoping that, like, oh, if this does well. The father. You know, they're going to father, like, let's let's see if we can get, like, a very well-respected Japanese actor to come in and play this actual role. So it would be a bigger deal. You know, like, yeah. if you had, like, a, and I don't think, he, I don't think he would be good in any of the roles, but you had, like, a, like, a Ken Watanabe kind of, kind of come in, you know, like, yeah. that would be kind of interesting. Um, same thing for a lot of, like, you don't get a lot of, like, the Jing, the, anybody from Jing either. So you don't get Ling, you don't get Lei Fao, you don't get a lot of these other characters that come in at all. Well, I mean, something has to give. If you're going to fit the storyline in, into... Movies. Yeah, a short movie, something has to give. You can't do everything. Yeah. But, um, but I think it tries to... And I think it tries to do too much of everything. I think if I were, if, if I were to make suggestions for another movie, I would say take one arc, plan to do it as a series... Take one story arc and then build on that for the next one, rather yeah. than trying to accomplish so much in, in such a short period, period of, time. of time. Yeah, and 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 again, so the way I, it's the way we would I would kind of recommend that they do it here as well. It would be very similar in the vein of the of what we call OAVs in Japan in Japanese. So um, you'd have like an hour's worth of story, hour hour twenty minutes worth of story that came out. Um, and it would end at a certain satisfying point that where the next episode came out, you know, anywhere from five to six months later, like you would keep going there. Yeah. And one of my favorite series, Gundam Unicorn, is the way that they did that over the course of uh, six OAV episodes and like the final seventh episode, which was not an hour, not only was actually more almost two hours long. So now, did you make it all the way through the movie? Yes, unfortunately. I, I did. I, I watched it in two sittings. I watched like an hour and 20 minutes and went, oh, God. And, there was and, a lot of heavy skipping, is what I'll admit. Oh, okay. So, no, I watched all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the last hour um, going, yeah, okay. And, um, but I did watch all of it. Um, you know, the um, the acting was not great. Um, no, acting the, was the not mu- great. The music was actually the thing that was the most off-putting for me. Um, I I resented that they didn't, because I like because I like Winray, mm-hmm. um, and I I, re- I resented that they didn't give you any reason to really like Ed. You always like Al. Al's you you didn't get as because Al was voiced differently. You didn't get as much of a sense of how old Al was. You you, you felt like he was also a teenager at that point here too because it was a older voice for versus where in the anime it's a very childish sort of voice. Which is very much true in the original Japanese dub as well. It's a very childish-like voice, and I and I actually like that because it 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 
reminds you that he was a child when it happened and he's well and he doesn't grow up Mm -hmm. he's forever virtually the same age he was the day that happened yeah whereas whereas al grows up so um in one of my big takeaways from this as well is that al's cut out from a lot of stuff here at the end of the day too yeah because you didn't want to put a cgi character in this kind of places at all versus again if you you know, and I think there was, so there was a budget saving element there where it's like, no, it's Winry and Al that go to see, go find Dr. Marco, not Al and Ed right. in there as well. It's also the major lacking of Armstrong, which I think is a disappointing thing in general. Yeah. All you needed was just like a really big, you know, again, one of those fast, one of the most fascinating things here, I think, is that there was a lot of professional wrestlers that are white guys. Mm-hmm. They'd be very easy to pull here and make them, you know, be these characters because they speak fluent Japanese. A lot of them do, and so you can have them in those roles. It's one of those reasons why I'm hoping that they never turn uh, Fate Stay Night into a into a into this here because I want them to cast a white person as Saber. I want them to cast, you know, what Pete. is Archer? Um, I would I would get a Middle Eastern guy. Or an, or an Indian guy to be Archer because of yeah. the tan skin and everything. Yeah. Now, again, if it's a Japanese guy with like that's much more tanned by comparison, I would think that would work too because of who um, Archer is supposed to be at the end of the day. That part works out for me well. But again, like the other characters, like, you know, I would expect to be period peace in that particular sense, you know. There's a fair amount of foreigners in, ja- in Japan um, that would love the fact of coming in here to do these roles. Um, and could very well do them very easily as well. And there's a fair amount of actors that can speak Japanese as well, um, that are that are American, European, and stuff like that. Like, it would be a pain in the world if you got a white person to do to not be Saber at the end of the day, even though because you just wanted to cast an iconic Japanese actress, which I think is a fair thing to do. But you also have like Rin and Sakura to do that as well. Yeah, you have other, other you have other people there. In, yeah. in this version here, though, and for Full Metal Alchemist, though, like I can understand why it's a purely Japanese cast because the setting in and of itself is a purely more or less Western setting at the end of the day, and so it would be a lot harder to define all these cast members. And have them do Japanese. Yeah. I think if this were an American production or, or a European production, I think you could get a lot more. Um, you could get a lot more people that look a lot more accurate to some of these characters and stuff in here. Yeah, yeah. So I think Cause, that because the anime, like many anime, portrays them as very Western. Plays, portrays them as very Western, but it's also like if you were to put ed or al into into just regular everyday kind of like modern day japanese anime like yeah they wouldn't look too far out uh, no, they out wouldn't. as they said they i mean it it to me had a very Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh looking feel yes yeah. so that was full metal alchemist so the big question which for a lot of this experiment was which version did you like better and i think i know what your which one you like better is okay guess i think you like the 2003 version i do yeah Although I really, I really like the manga. Oh yeah, no, and again, so the manga is so stylized; it's really pretty cool. Oh, absolutely, and and again, this is what you would get from a monthly series, where again you have, you know, the better part of you know two pages a day versus if you're a traditional. Again, I say two pages a day, assuming it, that you're doing it over the course of a month. Yeah. And you would lose the weekends. It's beautifully drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely beautifully drawn. Versus where if you're a Weekly. If you're a weekly series, you're doing, and you're working probably more like six days a week. Yeah. You're definitely doing um, probably about three to four pages every single day. 
yeah. um, to get up to your 20 to 25 page thing that you got to do weekly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, so, so which I, is your, which is your favorite version? So I actually prefer the 2009 version, but that's also because I brotherhood. had, I, I prefer the 2009 brotherhood series, but because I was able to enjoy the 2003 version first in a lot of those cases. So when I got into the 2009 version, like I already understood the relationship between Ed and Al and Winry. So I didn't feel like I absolutely needed to have a lot of that um, reinforced for me necessarily. Okay. Now, now in the case here where like, were you going into it cold? I understand why you prefer the 2003 version because the characters have a lot more, feel like a lot more, excuse me, characters in that particular respect. They feel a lot more deeper and richer. They're, flesh, they're, they're a lot more out. fleshed out. Yes. Yeah. Versus the 2009 version, um, up from where you from where you stopped at, yeah, keeps going and it gets it gets better in that particular respect. But if you were just you know, like immediate, if you were just introduced to it here again, the 2009 version would go really quick and you wouldn't understand or feel this relationship that you had for the characters. Yeah. Um, but I still do just enjoy reading the manga because again, it's one of those things where like you can kind of like put it down. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. And go from there. Yep, exactly. So, I have an idea for next week. Okay. Um, it'll be weird. Oh, I like weird. Oh, yeah, I know. But it's a big thing that's kind of happening, um, big news, or something that's been become very popular in the last couple months or since I think quarantine really happened necessarily. Okay. So, hopefully we can dive a little bit more into that. Okay. Um, and there will be kind of a cool experiment that will come out of that as well. Okay. So, we have... All these show notes will be posted on our website at thenerdtutorialpodcast.com where you can read it there and all of our previous episodes. We do continue the conversation as well at our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast, all is one word. Uh, and then if you want to follow along with the conversation with me or you want to recommend ideas for future stuff or see just some of the updates for stuff that's come out for all of our older episodes and topics, you can follow me on Twitter at nerd underscore tutorial and let me know what you think of episodes there or just see what new news is coming out about different properties. So on behalf of myself and my mom, we hope that you guys stay safe out there in these weird times. And we'll see you guys again next time. Bye. Bye.